All right, gentlemen, episode 32. Oh, three away after this week? Yeah. Podcast has been, listens have been down the last, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know what we're going to do about that, but we're just going to keep plugging along. All right, so, uh, we had football this week. We had UFC fights. Mm-hmm. We had a Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. And baseball playoffs have kind of kicked off. Mm-hmm. So, where would you like to begin? You want to start with, let's start with the Stanley Cup. Okay. You always start with the champion first. All right. Go ahead then. I I mean, they put together a great six games. <clears throat> they dominated game six. I don't know what the final shot count for Dallas was, but at one point, I think, end of the second, they had like eight shots. They had two in the first half because I had a bet for them both to score at least one goal in the first period. And when I flipped it over from watching football, it was one nothing Tampa Bay, and they had Dallas had one shot. There was like three minutes left. So they, being the Tampa Bay Lightning, Taylor are on the same wavelength. For the viewers at home that don't know, didn't know if we were just going to skate right no. past that. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. So Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup in six games over Dallas. Um. There were some close games early in the series, but yeah, game definitely game six. I mean, they shut them out three nothing, three nothing. Yeah, they were very dominant. Dallas really wasn't in that game, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I felt like after Dallas won game five, I think you kind of knew Tampa wasn't going to let it happen again, and it was going to be the end yeah. of it. I mean, Dallas. So it was at one point the series was three to one. Dallas won. Game five to make it three to two. I have no faith in pretty much any team coming back from a three-one yeah. deficit. Really, I'll, I'll bet against that every single time. I do like seeing series go a little longer. Yeah, though. yeah. That's always I mean, fun. The hockey fan in me selfishly wanted to see a game seven. You know, to me, there's not much more exciting than game seven in the. It would NHL have been interesting to see that game seven without fans, though, because that right. that energy level is not quite there without right. it. So, yeah, Tampa won. Um, Victor Hedman won the Conn Smythe Trophy, which is the playoff MVP. I believe he scored 10 goals, which is like third third all-time for a defenseman in, a pl- in playoff history for one playoff run. Correct. He had 25 points in 26 tw- – or 25 points in 26 games, I think, they played. Yeah, those are – those are big numbers for a defenseman, yeah, especially was, in the playoffs. I think he was the tenth, ninth or tenth defenseman to win the Conn Smythe. So. How do the points work again? I'm not big on hockey. Is it three for a goal and one for an assist or uh, something no. to that extent? Just straight one each. Yep, just oh, one and one each. Yep. So a point points are goals plus assists. Gotcha. So yep. Um, funny thing is, kept talking about Nathan McKinnon and how he's taken over hockey, especially did the first two series. I think up until. Like game two of the Cup Finals, McKinnon was still leading the playoffs in points. Yeah. Yet he had been eliminated two series ago. So I and I and I had for, I didn't even think about Hedman winning the Conn Smythe because obviously all the talk was Kucherov and Point the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it would be a toss up between Hedman and Point. Kucherov Kucherov was good, but Point was way better. Yeah. So I'm okay. Now, well, then I looked at because I did a DraftKings for the entire series. Hedman was my captain, and I don't, I don't remember how many points he got me, but 
it was a ton. And he, I think of series before I did one too, and he same way. And he yep. was just solid. And I think you mentioned it last week. Hedman's probably the best defenseman in the league. Yes, he so is in my opinion. So that was the cup finals. So yeah, I was back and forth between football and that, which yeah. is weird. Like you said a couple weeks ago, yeah. to watch football and then turn around and yes, flip the channel to watch yeah. Stanley Cup finals. Um, so we'll be. I think the draft is actually next Tuesday. There's yep. going to be a quick turnaround. Draft is next Tuesday. Free agency free ag- Sunday, right? Free, yeah, free agency starts like a few days later. And then, like, their whole – typically their off season is spread out over, like, two months. This right. year it's all packed within, like, a three-week span. So when do they typically go back for, like, camp? Typically? They would already be back. They, the season would be starting next week. Oh, that's true, yeah. The se- I think there was one year it started the last week of September, but it usually starts – First week of October. Do, we, do they know the game plan? Like, what are they going to do? So they they haven't set an exact date. Originally, they wanted to start somewhere around Christmas time or like a couple days after Christmas. But it sounds like they've decided to push that back. So I expect that they won't start until like the first week of January. Yeah, I was expecting like makes mid- sense. Mid-January. Wait for the holidays and just yeah. yeah. So it will be two and a half months delayed. So I haven't seen the whole plan of what they're yeah. doing for next year. Eventually. I think we mentioned when all the ship was first going down, the hockey was the most willing to push their seasons out and kind of alter things for the future. But I think eventually they'll still walk it back to a normal schedule, but it may take. Is there any? I was going to say, is there any chance they could technically get back? I mean, they have a big off season, So let's say they start in January. Not. And not do like a big off season next year and just. I, I think they'll be closer next year. Yeah. I. They might be a little late. I expect I, the cup to be like. August, early August, maybe. Yeah. I, I would say yes. I think next year the season will clearly end later than usual, and I think they'll just do another shortened off season, and therefore the 21-22 season will start maybe only a month delayed instead of two and a half. Yeah. So they haven't said anything about cutting games <coughs> out of the schedule. They're just nah. going to try and squish all the off season. Eventually get back on track. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, okay. I don't think they'll do – I don't think they'll cut games out. But then the twenty one the interesting thing is if they do get back somewhat on track for twenty one, twenty two, then you have the Winter Olympics, right? Yeah. In twenty two. Um no. No. Twenty yeah. No, they delayed the Olympics only a year tentatively. But that yeah. was the Summer Olympics. Right. So they were supposed to be having the Summer Olympics what next June? No well this. Yeah, but been I, this year. Then I think they to, delayed him to next June. To right. 21. So I think it'd be 20. I thought they pushed the winter back, too. They probably did. So I think they're not until 23. Okay. Maybe. All right. So maybe it won't affect them. So I've got plenty of time to train. Never mind. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're their top choice right now. Talking about training to play hockey? <laughs> I thought we'd make a bobsled team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually down for that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Yeah. Does extra weight help us go faster? Yeah, you're the anchor man, need, bro. Do I need to eat or start losing weight? Both. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm in for that. Uh, there's been a few other notes. Like we said, the off season is going to be jam-packed here. But one worth mentioning, I think, the New York Rangers bought out the contract of Henrik Lundqvist today. Um, I don't have his stats in front of me. So Henrik uh, – He's been the Rangers goaltender for it's got to be pushing fifteen years. I, just, I thought I thought he said fifteen. Thought years. I read fifteen years. Yeah. Let me uh, 
You think he'll go someplace else or just hang it up? I think so. So he, to me, he is most likely a Hall of Fame player. Um, he has been, their, like we said, their starting goalie for well over a decade. He, I believe, has at least at least one Vesna trophy, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe a couple. Two. He's never been to a cup, right? I'm trying to look. Yes, he has been to a cup. They lost to Los Angeles the last time Los oh, Angeles won. that's right. Uh, that's the one thing missing from his resume is he does not have a cup. Stanley Cup. He's got a gold medal with Sweden, the Olympics. Um, he's basically done everything you can do except except win the Stanley Cup. So uh, I don't think he'll retire. I think he's going to have to find a team. Uh, I just thought of this as I'm saying this. We've talked about the Golden Knights goalie situation. I was situation. Just thinking that, actually. Like, what about Vegas? The rumor, <laughs> the rumor is they're going to re-sign Robin Leonard for five years, $5 million. All right. Mark Andre Fleury's been saying all the right things the last week, but I still expect him to be traded. That's going to be the kind of situation that Henrik Lundqvist will need to go to, where he can go to a team that is a cup contender, which Vegas clearly is. Robin Leonard is their clear starter. Lundqvist could sign for like a million dollars because he's going to have the buyout money from the Rangers, so he still is getting paid. Start 15, Start, 20 games yeah, right. Basically serve as your typical backup. Maybe get maybe get more starts than a typical backup. I could see it almost being a you know a 50-30 split and basically take one or two more runs at the cup before he hangs it up. Yeah, so. that's what, when I, well, I think they announced yesterday, the day before, that he was probably going to get bought out, but I texted Russ this afternoon. I, I would love for the Sabres to pick him up, but obviously they're not even close to yeah. probably a playoff team right now. No. Yeah. But – it, it, I'd be interested in Lundqvist's mindset is because a lot of those guys, right? They don't want to be a backup. You know, I've started for 15 years, and but is, does he truly just want to win a cup, or does he still want to start and play? Right. So, for a million dollars, I'll back up. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, yeah, but he's been making 10 million, 11 million. I don't know what his cap hit was. It was yeah. quite a bit. Unless so. he hates money, so. I think What's he's another got million. Enough. Just keep bringing it on. He's, he's, he's got enough. the money and. <laughs> He's got the the style. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was – I mean, he's known for being one of the prettiest men in hockey. Oh, we got an eyebrow raise from Statman. You said it, not me. (laughs) He he fits that Manhattan, you know, best-dressed kind of guy, New York City. He he was like the perfect persona to be the New York Rangers goaltender. It's kind of like, you know, a Derek Jeter – Yankees shortstop situation. Right. Henrik Lundqvist in Manhattan, New York Rangers. For years, yeah. It fits. Um, I just went to Wikipedia real quick. He's says he's the only goaltender in NHL history to record 30 wins in each of his first seven seasons. First NHL goalie to start his career with 11 straight 20-win seasons. Um, He's got, let's see. Single season record for the Rangers. Games played 73. Rangers all-time leader in shutouts. Rangers all-time leader in wins with 449, which has got to – if you want to look that up, NHL wins leaders. That's got to be – that's got to be top 10 all-time close. goaltender wins. Uh, fastest goaltender record 400 wins. Most shutouts by – Rangers goaltender, most playoff wins by a Rangers goaltender. If you're looking for Henrik, he's six. 
six all so okay so six all time 187 games played and 459 wins it's led by do you know who it's led by yeah it'd be bro yeah, yeah. Yep. with 691 yep it's a quick turnaround by Statman over there it is i like that he's learning fastest thumbs this side of the mississippi <laughs> that side of the table <laughs> there you go <laughs> so yeah yeah bro doors number yeah. one in wins and shoutouts all time um uh, to me, it's a Hall of Fame career, and we don't usually talk about buyouts and stuff at the end of their career, but he's done enough to warrant a little conversation. <laughs> yeah. It will be interesting where Sounds he goes good. next year. Numbers don't lie. Correct. Numbers especially, do not lie. Especially under the bright lights in New York City. Some athletes just aren't built for that, and he clearly, there is, he clearly was. There's definitely guys, and I think we've seen it a lot like with the Yankees, that there's guys there that just – I always wonder what happened with uh, – What's his face there? AJ Burnett? No. Oh. <laughs> what? What the that's fuck? My, that's my favorite, dude. He's on like $100 million deal, and then he won like five games. Um, <laughs> what was his name? He went to Seattle after. Uh, what sport are, what sport are we Baseball. Talking? I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Cano. Robert Cano. Cano. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, the guy. I like the effort, but AJ Burnett was like the most random. Dude, that's my favorite. AJ Burnett. He got like twenty one million a year and he won like five games for him. Yep. Anyway. Because I mean Cano went to Seattle, which is kind of a small market compared yeah. to New York. Well it is a small market compared to New York. Yeah. Everything is. But it's not LA. split multiple ways. That's one way to look at it. What do you mean split multiple ways? I mean New York's split because you've got the Yankees and the Mets. Yeah, but I, I know that the Mets you might as well live in New Jersey or whatever you want to say, but like yeah, but you're still you're still in New York, and if you're a big name in New York, regardless of what team you play for, yeah, there's more opportunity. Ways, yeah. So that's, yeah. you know. Anyway, I digress. Uh, so that's that's kind of the major NHL points at the moment. We're gonna like say first round of the drafts next Tuesday. So next time we record, we will kind of have some updates there. I expect a little bit of uh, trade Trades. chaos Movement. in this year's draft. So sweet. We'll definitely have a little update segment there. Yeah. All right, let's move on to football. Week three in the books. You know, you finally got what you wanted. What's that? All you wanted was recognition for Josh Allen. So I'm going to look through some stats and whatnot, and I opened whoa, my... Whoa, whoa, I wasn't the only one. I, I know you weren't the only one, but you were the one that specifically called out for it. Is it because I wrote a blog about it? Uh, yeah. Yes. That was like week after week one, I think. Yeah. NBC Sports app gives me... Like the push notifications, and it says the apology note. What? Yeah, yeah. It referred right to you. Actually, it said Kyle Crane wanted this, but no, it recognized Josh Allen as a top five quarterback. I would go a little further even than that. It'd be, yeah, yeah. your top, top, top three. Five, I, I think top five weeks. might be loose. It's been three weeks. He's so far, but yeah. they mean top five so far. They don't mean oh, top yeah. five in the league. Oh, top five so far. Um, For sure. Top. There, there is a, uh, there is an apology note going around. Like to, to you? To Josh Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who made it, but apparently someone, uh, Big Cat from Barstool sent it to him, apparently. Oh, yeah. And then somebody from the media, he's like, yeah, I heard about it, saw it. It was sent to me, but. The the rebuttal that I heard to that post, well, my, I didn't hear it. I looked in the comments, and it said, well, what about his turnovers and interceptions? And I'm like, or fumbles and interceptions. I'm like, well, if you watch the games, You'd know that you can take away at least one of the interceptions. It's now, those numbers are year. skewed. Yeah. It's it's almost as if the NFL refs aren't let's doing get as into, good as they. Let's get into that game. <laughs> so the Bills go to three and zero. Oh. 
and they they did. They blew that lead. It was what twenty eight to three. Yeah. yeah. So they blew the lead, but I definitely felt there was a swing in momentum. That win was never in doubt, was it? Yeah. <laughs> there was a shouldn't have been. There's a there was a swing in momentum with the interception you're referring to, which was a notable bad call. I want to put air parentheses around the word interception. Right. So I believe by rule, you can look this up. I read it, but if you want to double check and see if what I'm saying is correct, uh, joint possession goes to the receiver, I believe. Correct, yes. Yeah. I don't even have to look it up. I already read that. Okay. And I'm not sure it was even joint. I, I was going to say, I wouldn't even really call no, it No, because as soon as, he, as soon as his back hit the ground, he's down. Yeah. Right. And then the guy jumped on it. Right. That, go. And then we, then we can go even further, and I'm going to call bullshit on the offensive pass interference. Like, you barely touched him. Like, everyone's fighting yeah. for a ball to jump ball at that point. But that's neither here nor there. The fact that they got the ball back. Which one was that? Who was that on? That was on, the, on, the, cat, on the, interception. the interception. Oh, on the interception. Got you. They called offensive pass interference on I, that too. I, I think that was an offensive pass interference. I've he, seen worse. Well, yeah, but. And we've seen, seen a lot worse. <laughs> a lot less touching, too. But at the same time, I think it was offensive pass interference. Um, And then I think what. Excuse me. What was really annoying Monday morning was I saw on, on ESPN the typical shit that nobody wanted to give credit to the Bills as a team. I even sent a text to somebody because they called me Sunday night to talk about football and stuff like that. Uh, first take, an hour and 45 minutes before they started talking about the Bills. They did their entire show about the Cowboys and Eagles and the Saints. Well, it's America's team. You got to talk about them. So an hour and forty-five minutes. Yeah. And then when they talk about it, the thing that they brought up, I'm like, okay, this is complete horseshit. And I've seen this play, and I've watched it, looked it up, watched it numerous times. Their complaint is that there should have been no interference call on that fourth down. I'm going to be completely unbiased here. Maybe not pass interference, but it's illegal contact. It's still a first down. Yeah. And nobody brought that up. Nobody, I mean, I rewatched that clip over and over. The defensive back engaged with the receiver at about six yards out and didn't let him go for seven yards. His hands touched his shoulders first, still grabbed onto him. And they're trying to say, well, he doesn't know if he's going to block or not. He's seven yards out. You've got a hold of his shoulder pads. Of course he's going to react and touch him. That If it's not pass interference, it's illegal contact. It's still first down. And even the announcers during the game, when they were showing that call, said he thought it was a good penalty by the defensive back because if he didn't take the penalty, yeah. it's a touchdown. It's probably a touchdown. So even the announcer was basically saying, yeah, that's a penalty. Yeah. And if you watch, I don't think anybody was even in the backfield on that play. What do you mean? So, like so for they, yeah, they wouldn't. obviously Allen could have ran it, but right. I don't think anybody was even in the backfield. It was the fourth down. They had to... They had, had to, to score. Pass, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good point because they're saying, oh, is he blocking? But, like, yeah. if you go back and watch it in slow motion, it's literally like somewhere between five and seven yards. The defensive back engages contact first. He was, and that penalty was 10 yards downfield. Right. So. And then, yeah, that's when they call the penalty. So even if it's not interference, it's still illegal contact because you, you grab the receiver at seven yards and you can't do that. It's not like you jammed him at the line. He ran toward you, you engaged him. That's illegal contact by definition of the rule. The other thing that irked me was uh, people who said, we'll call them experts on TV. Loose term. Yeah. uh, Upset that the the 
that decided the game. That did not decide the game. The Rams had every opportunity. They gave up two third and longs, a third and 22 and third and 25 to Cole Beasley. And then that did not decide the game because the Rams still just played piss poor defense. You could have not let Josh score there. If Josh doesn't score to, to, was it, was it Lee, wasn't it? Uh, Croft. Oh yeah. It was Croft scored. My man, my man Croft with two. So if you, if he stops him, then we're not, we're not talking about today. But what irritates me is the fact that everyone's like, well, the ref shouldn't call it in that instance. Okay, so it's okay to call it in the second quarter, but you can't call it in the fourth quarter. I've just never been a fan of that statement. Like, you can't call that there. And it's like, right. And they, I understand, like, I think more in basketball, the more I think about it, is it, you let them play a little bit more, but that's throughout the game, yeah. the playoffs. But at some point, like, the rules are the rules. You can't just say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the rules because it's the fourth quarter. Like, to me, that's silly. Yeah, I, and I hate that call in basketball, too. Is You know, a guy drives and gets drilled, and it's like, oh, that's close. But if he gets fouled, he gets fouled. You, you, can't, you can't be like, oh, they're, it's a tie game with two seconds left. I'm not going to call it. Yeah. It's, if it's <laughs> not, a foul, it's a foul. Right. Not to beat a dead horse or anything like that, but Russ made a comment about the commentators questioning a call. And I think on Sunday, I don't know if someone texted you or how it came to be, but you made the comment that even the L.A. commentators – we're saying that the interception call was a bad call. You know it's a bad call when the other team's commentators are agreeing that it's a bad yeah, right. call. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking bias, the commentators in L.A. Are, yeah. are home base for it. And if they're saying it's a bad call, it's probably not a good one. <laughs> I think what it boils down to in the mainstream media of ESPN and all these experts is they don't really – They'll never respect Buffalo. Buffalo could go out and win. There's like one or two guys on the ESPN that are like, the Bills are legit, you know, type of uh, mentality. Uh, I think what it boils down to is Buffalo is such a, it is a small market. It's, in theory, it's a small-ass town in upstate New York, and yeah, they'd rather have, they'd rather be spending money morning how the L.A. Rams and the Golden Boy, Jared Goff, won, won to 3-0. and That's what they'd rather be talking about, but. Or the other big name, you know, the Philadelphia, all these big, big cities. They'd rather be talking about that because they feel like, in the long run, that garners more money for the NFL. But we all know the Bills have the better fans, so anybody <laughs> wants to talk about that, they've lost that vote. And they're three and zero, oh, so yeah. that's all that matters. Correct. There's a three and a zero. <clears throat> yeah, it is all that matters. However, I think we talked last week how the first two games they came out hot in the first half and sort of petered off in the second. And week three was kind of an extreme version of that <laughs> to give up a 28-3 to lead. But they did – I think they scored their first possession out in the third quarter. No. No. It was 28-3 at halftime. 28-3 at halftime, and then they were down 32-28. to I'm Pretty sure they scored a touchdown in the third quarter. I'm, okay. I'm not – I thought they did. Right. Check the box score on that. I thought they did for some reason. I don't think so. I think they had a 28-3 lead and blew it. Could be wrong. Might be wrong. Bill's box score. But either either way, if it happened early in the third, right? They, either way, they had a twenty-eight-three lead and blew it in the second half. Right? Yeah, they did. So, um, mm, Kyle's right. Okay. All right. So they scored early in the third quarter. It still gives them a twenty-eight-three lead. Yeah. And then they blew the twenty-eight-three lead. Was there twenty-one-three at halftime? Yeah. Okay. Their defense was terrible, particularly yes. the secondary. Yes, and. I don't know if I texted you guys. Edmonds is miserable out there right now. So Edmonds blew 
and I called this while we were watching it. Yeah. Third and eight. What are you? What is your ass doing in the box on the line? Third yeah. and eight. Yeah. Like I understand, like you want to sh- quote unquote show blitz. You know they're gonna throw it. They're, they're, mm. What are you doing? Yeah. I don't know if you know they were, they were they were running the ball all over. It's still them, third though. and eight. Right. I understand that, but they were running the ball all if over the, them. They were also throwing all over them. So if you're L.A. and you're trying to get third and eight, you're probably better off throwing it than running it at that point. But Edmonds comes up in the box and then doesn't get his ass back. Yeah. And they, they, they dump it to a receiver right over, right over top of his right head and yeah. gives up 15, 20 yards. And he missed that one. I don't know what that was. He missed that one tackle. He just took a terrible angle at the guy. I think it's how he hurt his shoulder in week two or week one. Yeah. Yeah, he's – I don't know. He's – not impressing me right now. He's yeah. probably still a great leader on that defense, but Milano's definitely the best. I think they could. I think they could do with another good linebacker. It wouldn't. I don't think it would hurt him. Right. But I think they got some young linebackers in there that maybe yeah, they, they develop. Couple, but I mean, it's whatever. The game's over. The three and zero. They go to Vegas this week, and could be a tough game. Could be an easy game. Mm-hmm. We'll see, but. Uh, the secondary is terrible, which I don't understand why, because we know the potential's there. Yeah. They were great last year. They really were. And you said, is Josh Romer coming back this week? He's Well, I, I'm not right if he's coming back, but he's available to come back now. Is he? Because okay. IR is only three weeks, so he he can come back. I, don't, I haven't read if he is. If we get the old Josh Norman, that's, that's a good thing. But if we get the Washington Josh Norman, it's kind of a waste. Yeah. And, and Wallace is much better. Him and... Wallace and Johnson have been struggling back there, so. And I don't, I obviously look at Cooper Cup's obviously very good, so it's hard to put much on this week's. I think but, Cooper Cup's one of the more underrated receivers yeah. in the league. Even, yeah. even Woods is great, so. Yeah, secondary is terrible. They got to get it together. Even Tredavious White was getting smoked, like, over the middle. Guys were beating him off the line over the middle. Little dump passes, giving up 10, 15 yards. You just can't do that. I just, I think what, some of it is awareness. They're just not paying attention. Just yeah. not enough. They're not meshing. They're, I don't know if they're just not communicating. I, I don't know what it is, but secondary is terrible. You know the potential is there. They just got to get it together. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing they've got an offense because if not, they'd be one and two. I mean, <clears throat> someone asked me this the other day, and I said, when was the last time in your lifetime you could talk about how the Bills could just go out and outscore people? I mean, last year, I mean, the reason they... 18 years? Yeah. The last time he had the K-gun. I mean, last year they won. They got to where they were because of their defense. Yeah. They didn't put up a ton of points. I I believe they have the best scoring offense in the league right now. So, and their defense, I don't even know what their stats are, but... Points-wise? Like total points? Points, yards. So... I'll tell you in a second. Without making too much dead air, it's nice to see the Lions finally out of the starting gate. One and two, baby. <laughs> Matt Patricia living up to everything. <laughs> it seems like every ex-Patriots coach, if you will, or staff doesn't ever pan out to anything. I remember when he came to the team thinking, this is not going to go over well. And here we are, a couple of years in and some 500 seasons, and looks like we're in route to another one <laughs> without I mean, getting too... <clears throat> I would, I'm I would, hasty and ahead of myself. I wouldn't call that on Patricia, though. All of it. GM-wise, I feel like they've just done a terrible job drafting. 
You mean the Fords? <laughs> they're they're sports. No, I people. believe they're the owners. Oh, you mean just the GM? Just GM in general. I was going to say that if you listen to Detroit if, radio, it sounds like it's all in the Fords themselves. Well, it, Miss I Martha mean, needs to make better. Picks. It could be right if they're not allowing GM to spend money, then partially on them. But Bills are fourth in total yards, and they are second in points scored. I, yeah, I think overall they're number one offense. I read. So, hurt. So you're saying this might be the year? Are you going to go I'm out on a limb? That. No. I think they have one of the toughest schedules in the Yeah, they've year. got very – playing the AFC West and the NFC West is not easy. I'm just hoping that at the end of the season when we're talking, Kyle doesn't have to say what he said the other day. And he said something about a playoff game. And I said, isn't it kind of sickening, you know, that we don't refer to playoff games as Bills fans. We refer to them as playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point. Maybe this is the year. I, and I don't know if I could go more than one game with him standing for four and a half hours because he doesn't sit. Yeah, uh, any game. I'm luckily regular I have, season. You're just right in front of the TV. Like, you know that's going to make you go blind, right? Yes, I do. Okay, he's already got diabetes <laughs> doing that. I I stand up for everything. If I didn't have a migraine today, I probably would have been standing for the entire 13 innings of the Braves game, too. Not the only thing you do that's going to make you go blind, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. All right, so I told you guys that I wanted to talk about uh, last week we just kind of touched on an overview of football. I felt like there were some topics this week that were more specific that we could dig into that have been a lot of chatter for the you know Monday, Tuesday, and this week. Uh, the Eagles, Falcons, Cowboys, and Saints, they've had some issues not living up to expectations. We can start with the Eagles. Uh, I think they are what? Two, oh, one and – or no. Two, oh, two and one. Correct. Two losses and a tie. So their coach essentially <clears throat> played for the tie in overtime. He punted instead of throwing his quarterback out there and at least giving it a shot. Uh, you know, oh, two and one sounds better than oh and three, I guess. That's what their coach said. <laughs> the coach who wrote a book called Fearless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, that's, that's happened – I feel like every tie in the past – I don't know, four or five years, because they've been more common, it feels like, in those in the time frame. feels like one coach always does that. I mean, I realize 0-2-1 technically sounds better than 0-3, but <laughs> when you're 0-2 in the situation, try to win the goddamn ball game. And in that goddamn division, because right, I'm going to apologize to Cowboys fans because I said they would suck this year. They're not doing great, but the Eagles are definitely not winning that division. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> so, so but, we, we did have this... Someone and I had this conversation on Sunday about when they were going to kick it, and they were saying, one of you was saying, why don't they go for it? I think it was Kyle and I agreed, don't put yourself out of the game. Kick the field goal, see where the game goes. Don't let it run out and lose when you can get the sure thing, keep the game alive. When he punted, though, they were out of field goal range. I don't know if it was a play or a penalty that put him out of range. At that point, I was many trulys in, so uh, I don't know. But I know they were not in field goal range. He was truly. I just remember that conversation happening of, wouldn't you rather see the game stay alive than take that huge risk with time running down? Here's what I would do. And I, but you and I were watching a game last year and I called them like, here's what I would do. They call pass interference all the time. 
I'd send a receiver deep and underthrow it and have that guy stop like he's going for the ball and see oh, if he can get it. <laughs> see, try and draw the pass interference. Try to draw the, the pass down. interference, yeah. And if you don't, like, oh. can we sign you as a coach? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that happened last year. We were, I don't remember the game, but yeah, uh, I was yeah, like, I they call it all the time. It's been, I mean, I, more than I. That seems to be the oh. most called yeah. flag on the field. I mean, that, to me, that's a play. You're, if you're a good enough quarterback, just have your guy go out. That was your keyword there. If you're a good enough quarterback, underthrow <laughs> it just a touch. Guy reach back for it while the D backs. I like it. I like the way yeah. it shapes up. Try doesn't, to draw the doesn't once always underthrow it. I mean, we can get into Carson <laughs> if you want, but <laughs> so let's get into Wentz because. Monday morning, there was a lot of chatter about: Do they need to make a change at quarterback? Do they make a change at coach? What are what's the issue? Why are they not winning? Um, is it coaching? A lot of people say it's coaching. It's just play calling. It's some of his decisions. You you got severely criticized for punting instead of putting it in the hands of Wentz to try to win the ball game. So, what do you guys think? So, I'm going to talk about the overall scenario. Not the specific. Um, the reason I think of, of all these teams you wanted to talk about today, the Eagles need to need to make the change the most. You know, you referenced the Saints, the Falcons, problems they're having. I agree. Reason being, that division, the entire division, has two wins. Washington and Dallas are tied at one and two for the lead. Philly's now 0-2-1, and the Giants are 0-3. Which is also another reason why I would have gone I, – I understand you don't necessarily know all those scores Sunday when you're playing, but that's also why I would have gone for the win because 1-2 puts you in a three-way tie for first place right, right now. They – at 0-2-1, they still have a chance to win this division, which is a pathetic statement. You ever heard about Which the is tortoise why. and the hare? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you're you're referencing Wentz, and we've talked about Jalen Hurts that they drafted. Um, in my opinion, I don't know. I know you like to have quarterbacks sit and watch and learn, but I would make a change now knowing that you still have a chance to win this division. Do you anybody remember what happened the last time Hurts came off the bench? Won a national title. Oh, that's that's it. Yeah, came in the game in the middle of a national championship, came back and won. That's not happening this no. year. <laughs> no Super Bowls will be won but for Jalen Hurts. They don't have national championships in the NFL. <laughs> he didn't earn it. That they have a, <laughs> have a championship. Um, I don't know. That division's so pathetic that none of those four teams are out of it. Which is why, if you're the Eagles, you can't keep putting along and giving it away, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the goddamn Redskins should be winning that division because Cowboys should be 0-3-2 if it wasn't for another team we're going to talk about. So, Yeah, so I looked up some of uh, Wentz's information. Statistically, it's not terrible. Um, he's putting up fairly good numbers. He had some injuries the year they won the Super Bowl. He got them to that point. They were 11-2 and when he got hurt, and then Foles came in and they won the Super Bowl. So they had a good team, obviously. If Fools can come I mean, not that Fools is terrible. He's already saving the city of Chicago, apparently, right now. But uh, he clearly had a pretty good team that he was able to come in to step in. Yep. He also had, what, 13 games under his belt of watching and play calling and all of that to kind of go off from. 
Here's what stood out to me. Since they won the Super Bowl, they are 14-15-1 now through the, f- the first three games of this year. They have nine losses by one score or less. Nine. So to me, that is you're not closing out games to close games, which we all know is a big difference in the NFL. Like you got to, I mean, there's a lot of games that are going to be close. You got to win those games. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that's part of the issue is that he's yep. just not closing games. Right. Is it the it factor that Mr. Willis likes to talk about? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, obviously we don't know what's going on in the locker room, but I, I'm guessing if Hertz hasn't come in yet, they're not going <clears> to <throat> let him start unless something, unless an injury or something happens at once. Yeah, Peterson said pulling once would be a knee-jerk reaction. Um, who do they play this week? Anybody know? Off the top of their head, no. Um, I mean that. That I mean. I, um. The no, I don't know. Stat boys Steel, got it. Steelers. No, no. They play the Titans because they're not playing. Yep, they're postponed. Oh. Eagles play the 49ers, 49ers on Sunday. Sunday night game. So there's a really good chance that they come out of this week going four. Yeah. Oh, a very good chance. Even with the Niners. Potentially playing <laughs> nine backups. <laughs> yep. I looked um, at the wrong date. Yeah, you're right. So I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Uh, so what? I mean, it, it could be interesting. What do yeah. you? Th- what, what point do you start making that call? Of they're paying once a lot of money. Do you want to pay a guy that much money to sit on the bench? Oh, do you want to pay that guy that much money to go f- four and twelve? <laughs> no, uh, four thirteen and one. <laughs> Good thing he's here. That, that adds up to 18 yeah, games. 18 games. They're picking Matt's up some games. On I just want to say I just want to. They might uh, need to. Boy. Sick joke. <laughs> the joke was the tie. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And I I haven't watched Eagles games, so it's all off of highlights and stats and whatnot. So I'm not necessarily saying Wentz is the issue because I haven't watched enough to know that. But I don't think it's really. I think their offensive line is terrible. Well, they he had three interceptions last week, so yeah. So, but I mean, anytime you do draft a, I guess I'll say high-profile quarterback because Hurts <coughs> has won a national championship. You know, to me, that's the obvious first change you can make. Right. Maybe the the common fan would think of. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I say, you get the own four, own five. Then, what's it matter? You might as well make a change, and right? Try to do something, yeah. But you, might, but you could be zero and five, and you could be two and four is winning the division or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah, they're just yeah, things are going crazy in that yeah. division right now. I think to go back to the original question about whether or not the coach made the right call, I, I think it comes down to a damned if you do, damned if you don't, with the punting or going for it. I mean. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. What what yeah. what would we be saying if they went for it and it was a turnover and that was the decider of the game and there wasn't that dash one at the end of their score? You know what I mean? It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. See your point, but I think the interview looks better. Of we his, tried and didn't get. Well, there. his response was, "Well, if you look at it, we're only a half game out." Yeah, like, but well, and yeah. but Peterson's always been so aggressive that why why did it change this week? Yeah, wrote a book called Fearless. He's always been, yeah. He's always been very aggressive. I think most of the people that are fearless don't write books about it, but 
I, I don't know. I'm stats. not really a publishing expert, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know the stats, but I'm guessing he might be the coach that's went for it most on fourth down in the past uh, three or four years. Ran Philly special on fourth down, didn't he? Yeah. So I mean, I, I he's just very aggressive. Yeah. I think I know technically, according to the record, it's different, but I, I view O two and one as basically the same as O and three. To me, it's to me that's worth the risk of. You got to get the win. If you ain't record. first, you're last. Of course, of course, <laughs> that's simple. In yep. three months, if we come back and be like, Philly won the division by a half game, we'll be like, oh, that was a good decision to punt it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one, but right. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to another team that is, uh, there's a lot of chatter. Maybe need more changes than the Eagles is the Falcons, who screwed us over last week. I was four and one in picks, technically. The Falcons blew in. No, you were technically three and two. No, I wasn't. It's technically four and one because the article I wrote, the blog I wrote, was based off the line that was released. The over under was fifty three when I wrote it. Oh, and it moved Sunday. I double checked, which sensitive subject for him because I texted him after he missed. We'll get into that too, but anyway, the Falcons didn't cover. Not only did that cover, they lost outright. And they blew a lead, like what, 26-10 lead? I think it was 26-10. They didn't score again. Something like that. Yeah. 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 And that's two weeks in a row they've blown a lead. Yeah. And now everyone's calling for the coach's head. And I talked to a uh avid listener of our podcast, Mr. Mr. Sean. And he is extremely upset with his Falcons right now. McDermott? No. Damn. No. Uh, Why would he be a Falcons fan? Yeah. You're right. You said avid listener of our podcast. You said Sean. I thought maybe we're moving on up. Falcons fan. He could be a closet Falcons fan. Yeah, I doubt that. Question <laughs> uh, after coaching for the Panthers. Sean wants the coach gone. He says it's time for a change. They need to clean. Yeah. He said they need to clean house. He's, he's struggled the past couple of years since the Super Bowl. Yeah. So they need to clean house. I mean, in my opinion, they got good weapons there. Matt Ryan's still a solid quarterback. He's putting up great numbers. He has. Yep. And Todd Gurley had two great receivers. Yep. It's probably time for a change. So yeah. I think they need to clean house there as well. And that's, we'll see how this week goes. I think the Falcons have a really good potential of oh, also being 0 4. They're playing Packers Monday night, I believe. So, yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. Um, not to switch topics no, on the Falcons, but Aaron Rodgers looks like he's found the fountain of youth this season. He he looked very good Sunday night or Monday night, whatever the hell night they yeah. played Sunday night. Yeah, I'm going to ride that Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour train for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he is clearly that's what he's doing right now. Yeah, um, yeah, not to yeah. get off the Falcons if you want to. Atlanta needs a change. I think you need a coaching no, no, change. No question, yeah. no question about it. It's almost like the. Uh, it's almost like the Browns, right? It, there's on paper, there's so many weapons offensively yes. that it's like, why aren't you winning games? Well, they one and two now, also. <clears throat> I don't know. They're one and two. Yeah, not sure. Actually, they might be two and one. Sounds a lot like if you head straight west from Cleveland, the team over there. The Browns are two and one. They lost week one to the Ravens. <laughs> they won their last two. Adam, I know what? your geography is not that great. <laughs> That'd be Detroit. I was talking about. I think that's a little northwest. Straight west on 80, <laughs> 10 miles north on 75. <laughs> uh, the big one I want to talk about is the Cowboys. I don't think any of us here are Cowboys fans. That's correct. 
Uh, so I feel like our perspectives of all this situation are going to come extremely from the outside. However, I did get a quote this morning from Mr. Jamie Martin. I texted him and said, I need, I need your thoughts for tonight. And he said, the offense can play with anyone. The defense can't stop anyone. And he still he feels like Dak is a top five quarterback in the league at this point. That defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, in my opinion, right now. That is awful. The defense is terrible. <clears throat> so I did some uh, – I have a spreadsheet that I use for other things that I track. Here's some uh, – I'm going to give you some information, and I want you to run with it. Right now, Dak has – he's first in the league. He surpassed Josh Allen this past week in total yards. Well, when you throw the ball twice as many times as Allen did. Either way, he's first in the league. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He's <laughs> – He's got eight total touchdowns. He's only one of two quarterbacks that have over 1,000 yards, the other being Josh Allen. He's first in completions and first in attempts. Um, he is – he's only allowed – I think he's got two turnovers, I think is all he has. But when you flip-flop it, the Cowboys are 22nd in rush yards allowed, 28th in pass yards allowed. They is a team, or no, I'm sorry. They're 28th in pass yards allowed and 23rd in rush yards allowed. And they're also, they're, they're <laughs> kind of like middle of the road, I believe, in rushing. But I think part of that is if you're playing from behind all the time, it's kind of harder to, like, give the ball to Zeke. Yeah. You've got to kind of be in control of the game to establish a running game. The Cowboys are 0 and, or they're 1 and, 1 and 2. They should be 0 and 3. The Falcons... Fuck that up. They did play some offenses that put up a lot of points. The Rams are currently eighth in total points scored. The Falcons are fourth in total points scored. Yet they're zero and three. And the Seahawks are fifth in total points scored, and they're three and zero. So, who's to blame for the Cowboys' issues right now? And I think I know the answer to this, but I don't have a specific answer. I'll let them go ahead and put theirs in. But I do recall hearing this stat that in the first three weeks of this season, there have been more more points scored than any season in NFL history in the first three weeks. Meaning, not only is their defense bad, everyone's defense is bad, or everyone's Man. offense is on. I don't know. You can look at that from two sides, but the important part being that that stat is true. That in the first three weeks, there have been more points scored than any first three weeks of any season ever. So to, to try and, like, break into this one specific stat might not be as accurate as possible. But at the same time, everyone's played three games. True. So they've had the potential to. I'm just saying there's two sides to the coin yep. here. Yep. But go ahead, guys, whatever you. Who's yeah. to blame? Um, is it somehow Jason Garrett's fault still? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> it might be. Some, I, uh, I wouldn't be shocked, actually. No, you brought that up. I would not be shocked if I turned on the TV next Monday morning and they're like, well, Jason Garrett built this team. It's his fault. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't have a specific answer. I mean, it sounds like you threw a lot, of, a lot at us there. The offense is obviously doing good enough to win games. The defense is not. Um, other than Alden Smith, the defensive end, I don't know that I can name a Cowboys defensive player, if I'm being honest with you. Right. And I think he's kind of had a – Alden Smith's kind of had a resurgence. He's been yeah. pretty yeah. dominant. He's been about the only player, I believe, in defense doing, it, really doing, doing anything. anything. 
Um, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't have a specific answer other than did they bring in a new – they must have brought in a new defensive coordinator with Mike McCarthy, did they? I don't know the answer to that. I assume. He kept somebody. You, usually if you fire your head coach, Jason Garrett, oftentimes the whole staff goes, right, and Mike McCarthy would bring Setman's, in who he wants. Setman's I thought they that. were talking last week that McCarthy kept somebody. I don't know who it was. It, I don't know. Yeah. So I can tell you. You were looking for the defensive coordinator? Right? Yeah. It, That'd be Mike Nolan. So it's a new coach. That's new? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, do you point the finger at Jerry Jones for not stepping up, spending money on defense maybe? I, I, you know, he's pretty tight I on don't know. cash these days. So yeah. <laughs> I'm mumbling, but I guess I don't have a great answer for you. My answer is McCarthy. He, well, it's McCarthy right now, I'll say. He's not getting Zeke the ball. I think he had 12 rushes last week, maybe. 12 or 15. 14. He had 26 Four. carries the first two weeks. And they did try to... Dak did not look good. They tried to throw the ball out of the backfield to him. I don't know. I didn't watch the entire game. I watched on and off. Probably five or six times I saw it. He either threw the ball behind him, short of him. It looked like Zeke didn't want to catch the ball. He's like... It, I don't know. It, just, it looked very odd. But... And I know there's a stat, and I don't know it off the top of my head. I think if Zeke gets, like, 25 touches a game, like, their record is unbelievable. You So, I mean, I know you're down, so you need to score, but he still might be the best back in the league. You've got to get him touches. But at the same time, like I said, McCarthy is probably my answer, and I talked to a co-worker about this because he's a big Cowboys fan too. They... Someone needs to light a fun a fire, a fire under their ass, and McCarthy's not the guy to do that. He's just a very ho hum. I'll just do my job. He doesn't get someone fired up. He's like a like a Belichick. I'll say Belichick's very you know straight face. No, and I, I McCarthy's the same way. I think he doesn't he doesn't get fired up, and they need someone to to do that for them. I don't think it's anybody on the offensive side. You mentioned Dak and his complete. He got sixty-seven percent completion percentage, which isn't terrible in the NFL. Uh, I just double checked too. He's only got two interceptions, so he's not really turning the ball over. I think it's what irked me, and I'm not even a Cowboys fan. I just kind of didn't like the mentality. Is Jerry Jones, who's the only owner they ever interview week to week? comes out and basically blames Dak for not he's got to close those games it's like you're giving up a shitload of points like you can't keep asking him to you know cover the ass of the defense because they can't stop the ball you're I mean yeah if we're playing small fry football and they can't sure we're in the NFL you guys are supposed to be athletes, like professional athletes you're giving up so many points that even your offense can't keep up so the offensive line is not good right now either but they're still putting up points yes but with not being able to run the ball, that's really hurting them. Well, how do you run the ball if you're playing from behind the entire game? That, that's what I'm saying. If, but if they run the ball, they can take clock off. They're it, When they go three and out, it's 15 seconds. They're done because they're throwing the ball so much. There can't be too and, many three and outs if he's thrown for – he's averaging – he's had over 450 yards the last two weeks. Right. But, I, yeah, I, but that offensive line is not good right now. He He seems hurried back there. He's not – able to just sit back and 
pick the defense. He's throwing, obviously he's throwing a lot of yards, but I feel like he's not able to pick apart the defense like he should be able to. I don't know, dude. Last two weeks were 450 yards. Like that's, that's a lot of yards. He's putting up a lot of points. I mean, they're averaging, I don't know what it is per game, but. Right, but you should throw for 450 when you throw the ball 59 times or whatever he threw it for. That's neither here nor there. The point is they're they're scoring a ton of points, and the defense is giving up more than they're scoring. Right, but I don't know. I think I saw a stat one time that said if you score 21 points in an NFL game, like that team wins 70% of the time. And you, I mean, I can look and see what they've scored the last, like, three weeks, but actually I might have written down. But I mean, it's a lot of points, and they're just not – you like, got to stop the ball. If you can't stop the ball, like Atlanta's doing it right now too, they're blowing games. But if you're not, their defense is on the field so much. I don't, and I don't, I don't know what the time of possession is, but they're scoring so quick, or they're getting out of possession so quick. The defense is out there. Got to be 35, 40 minutes a game. So week one, they scored seventeen points and lost to the Rams. They only gave up twenty points that game. But they've given up the last two weeks. They've given up seventy points, and they've scored seventy-eight. Or no, that's not right. Um, yeah, so that the week two they gave up thirty-nine points. They won. They scored forty. So they barely won. They should have lost. And then they gave up thirty-eight to the Seahawks, and they scored thirty-one. You lost by a touchdown. You got to stop stop the ball at some point. I mean. Your, all your weapons are on offense currently, am I correct, for yeah. Dallas? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so if you're getting outscored, I feel like it's a defensive issue. I just don't agree with Jerry Jones basically calling out the blame, or anybody, blaming the quarterback right. who's leading the league in passing yards and you're scoring that many points to come out in the public and basically like blame your quarterback for it. And that, but that's what they always do, right? You blame the star oh, of the yeah. team. I get that they it's, do that, but. As an owner, you shouldn't do that unless your quarterback really sucks. That's Jerry, though, right? It's it's what he does. Uh, let's move on to uh, talk about them. When you talk about Drew Brees, there's some concern about Brees. I don't think the uh, concern is, should be that real right now. Uh, there's been chatter that his arm strength is gone. Don't think that's true. I think what we're finding out is with their current roster – that Breeze is struggling to, I guess, find targets with Michael Thomas not in the lineup. Because Michael Thomas is the first time he's missed games in the last two years. Right. Paul, uh, I feel like he's pulling his weight. They're, just, they're not scoring. Yeah, Breeze looks like he is looking for Kamara on every play. Yeah. If, it's not a, if it's not a designed run and it's, it is some sort of a passing play, and Kamara's kind of the check down. He's, Makes it easy to defend. He's almost going to him every yeah. time, yeah. I mean, he's he's getting the ball to Kamara, and Kamara's putting up numbers, but, yeah, he's not really looking downfield at all. He's. I would say, and I never will claim to be a football expert, but if you look at other sports, like boxing is where I'm going with this, they say the last thing to go when you're aging is power. It's not precision, it's power. So to say that Drew Brees is losing his power, I would assume that that's not the case in football either. He might not be able to hit guys that are running routes as well, but <coughs> just throw the ball downfield, I find it hard to believe that he's losing arm strength. I think it definitely comes down to the amount of targets he has out there. And if if you know it's going to go to Kamara, pretty easy to defend on that. Where Who else is, he is out there for him? Sanders? Sanders. Yeah. Trick on Smith. Yeah. 
Cook to tie Cook. down. But. I mean, I don't know what's happening, but I, I just think that to say that he's losing his arm seems to be yeah. a bit of a stretch. But he's never been team. known to have a strong arm. He's n- they've never been like, hey, he's a top five strong arm in the league. He's not Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen. He's got a good arm, but he's not. He's not. He's never known to be the, you know, strongest arm in the league. Right. You guys ever play Madden Twenty One or Twenty? There's like, there is a. It's not a glitch. I, it seems like it would be a glitch if Russ and I play each other and I pick the Bills. Josh Allen can be picked. However, Aaron Rodgers cannot be picked unless it's a user pick, meaning that the computer will stand there and pick off Josh Allen all like day. Interception? Uh huh. Oh, okay. I was wondering what you meant by pick. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> the computer will never pick him off. He's good, man. That remember. seems to be a bit of a stretch. He's on to the me. fuck you Sorry to go under the weeds, but <laughs> <laughs> it's ultra frustrating when you're trying to play for five bucks. I think the Saints will get it. <laughs> I think the Saints will get it figured out eventually. I think things will change. They said Michael Thomas came back to practice. He's limited uh, as of today, but that's we're finding out that their current roster relies a lot on Michael Thomas being on the field. All right, and they a lot of teams have to double him or at least have someone over the top on him you're paying a lot of attention to him yeah with your with what you got out there you don't have to pay attention with two guys to right to one of the receivers uh the other team i wrote down was houston i mean real quick on the saints so in the three games they've put up 34 24 and 30 points it's not like they're going out and putting up 10 points points a game right like yeah, I actually wrote, you brought up the Kamara getting touches. He's got 10 more catches and over 100 more yards receiving so far this year than he did yeah. last year through three yeah. games. He's been a monster this year. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to his whole contract situation. If you think you're worth that money, go out and prove it. That which, was kind of what he is. Yeah. But you still got a year in your deal. Just show up to work, please. Right. <laughs> Could you do that? So he might he might get paid. Well, he did get paid. What's that? We're at an hour right now. Okay. Uh, I wrote this down after I texted you guys. Houston's 0-3. I believe they play Minnesota this week. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can toss Minnesota in that mix. Teams that aren't living up their expectations. But I feel like Houston's one of those teams year in, year out. Deshaun just got paid, didn't he? Like, big. Yeah, big money. Yep. You're 0-3. Somebody's leaving Sunday 0-4 in that team. One of those teams. Yeah. And I just wrote them down as somebody who is – they beat the Bills last year in the playoffs. They probably should have lost that game. Uh, Watson made a great play on that sack. But I feel like Houston's one of those teams that just never lives up to expectations year after year. So the Saints offense struggling because you take Michael Thomas out, right? Houston trades arguably the best receiver in the game and brings in a whole home running back. And a pack of Skittles. It's a, it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a similar situation, right? You yeah. Had, you had DeAndre Hopkins. And you traded him. So it's kind of like the Michael Thomas situation. You took away your best receiving threat. I, I don't know. I have no yeah. idea what Houston's stats are this year, but and you, there's, you can kind of mirror those two situations yeah, a little you, bit. Yeah. You can't. And Fuller is not, I don't know. I'm going to throw a number out there because I have no idea. He's probably not a top 20 receiver in the league. He's good, but he's not a, you know, he's not a top, top tier receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Think, who's the other one that's there? Is it Cooks? Yes, Cooks is there. Cooks. Can you look up what, who's getting the targets and catches in Houston. And is it Cooks or Fuller? I don't know. And Fuller, 
I assume he's healthy now. He usually can't stay healthy a whole year. Yeah, yeah, but when he when he is healthy, I think the reason he did succeed was because he was number two behind Hopkins. Right. It's a different ball game when you're the number one guy out there. And he's I don't I don't picture him as a great route runner. Who's that? Fuller. He you know, he's got the speed, speed. he can go deep, run the post routes, but you know, going across the middle, slant I and he's a big guy, so I don't know why slant wise he can't but he just doesn't seem like a great route runner. I mean I mean just I just feel like Houston's like they get out of spot like on JJ Watt. Deshaun yeah. Watson just got paid a lot of money. I feel like they've got a talent they should be better than 0 and three. Yeah, but we I think we know the problem down there. It's a head coach GM. Yeah, there's combo. There's been some issues there. They've, they've been t- they talked about that in the last year, like him leaving or needing to leave. Yep. What do you got over there? Standing? What I pulled up doesn't show targets; it shows receptions. And we got Cobb and Fuller with four, and then four. S- yeah, four each. Uh, Cobb. Oh, just last week. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you oh, meant okay. overall for the season? I was just, yeah, I was just curious. Oh, okay. Fuller's put up some decent numbers this year, but I mean, he put up fifty-four in the last game on four receptions. Cobb put up. Four receptions and ninety-five yards. So, I mean, that's good at, to average twenty-four yards on each receptions. Not a number to laugh I didn't at. I know who they played last week. They played the Steelers. Pittsburgh. Oh. Played Pittsburgh. Yeah. The Watt game. That's right. Come here every day. <laughs> so those commercials are great. <laughs> They're great. Hey, uh, what's in the turkey breast? Yeah. Turkey. Uh, turkey breast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't Shout out Subway, just so we don't get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> someone's leaving this game 0-4 and I don't think it's good for either organization So Minnesota has looked a yeah. little better but yeah. Cook, Cook obviously looked good last week So Minnesota looked better last week and they still lost in like last second field goal I don't know, there's definitely teams out there that we're finding out that are and they're not who everyone thought they were right, and you're always going to go back to wonder this year is is it preseason games is I'm that gonna, part of the problem with that? I, th- I mean, it's going to be questioned no matter what, whether I mean, people think it or not. Well, I think you can somewhat make you that argument up to now, but going forward, to me, that argument's out the window. Right. We're moving into week four. Yeah. And guys have already gotten, in those first three games, your star players probably got 75% more playing time than they would have in three preseason games. I always hate the talk these first couple of weeks. Like, it's necessary to have as things pan out, but I just hate the week three through nine. You know, once you've seen a little, but you don't know how the season's going to go, it just feels like we're just spewing out hot air at this point to say what a team is going to do. You could watch the Saints or the Eagles or anybody go and win the next 13 games in a row. You don't know what's going to happen. It's not likely, but Saints say what's going to happen right Eagles. now. I, I, I'm not. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Ron, but it's not happening. <laughs> Ron gave up on the Eagles week one. Ron just got a Stanley Cup so he can quit bitching. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I don't, I've don't. i never been a big fan of the – I know what you're saying, and people do argue that. I just feel like we don't see the starters enough to in preseason. To, right, because in preseason they basically play a game overall. Yeah, they play like, yeah, a quarter in a series, just kind of pack it and in. And then usually that third game they play half to three quarters of a game and – so, I did see today that the player, the president of the players' association, is lobbying for everyone to change the fields to grass if you have turf. He's, he's trying Why? to injuries. Yeah. Okay. That's. I'd be curious. A good enough reason. From a franchise perspective, 
grass has got to be so much more expensive. Yeah, they grow. I saw a special on the Vegas thing. They grew right. in like Arizona. They they come in at night when it's cooler out, cut it, roll it, and drive it to Vegas and make sure it's on there and get it all ready. So yeah, hmm. probably is more expensive. I mean, they, they. I think they. I think yeah. they. They replace that three times throughout a season, something like that. And even more, I think Pittsburgh does it even more because University of Pittsburgh plays there a few games a year. Oh, yeah. So there's, I mean, especially if it rains. University of Pittsburgh should pay for it. Well, right. they, they make might. enough damn money. They might, but <laughs> right. Either way, you know, if you get a game with rain, there's no that grass is done. You got to replace it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. We'll see how that turns out, but. I feel like a lot of these fields, they don't just play on straight turf anymore. It's like a it's supposed to be like, what, a hybrid? It's supposed to feel like real grass, but it's not real grass. And Are you talking about that shit with the chopped up tires underneath that scrapes you all up? Kind of. You ever play on that stuff? Yeah. I like it. I don't mind it. I mean, I've never played football on it, so I don't know. I've never played, played football on it either. I've played soccer on it, and it's not a pleasant experience. It probably feels better when you go down on it than regular real AstroTurf. You ever fell on that? <laughs> I don't think I've ever played on old school stuff. It's like, it's like falling on Kyle's driveway. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I mean about the stuff with the chopped up tires under it. It's just it's a little softer than regular AstroTurf. I've played a regular AstroTurf. It is not fun. You go down, it's... I'd rather slide across a newly waxed gym floor. Yep. You come up, but your skin <laughs> stays down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. All right, let's move on to the UFC. A uh, couple right. title fights this last week. Outside, for the record. We watched those outside. We did. That was nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to know why you didn't bring a truckload of sand and dump back there. For what? I feel like you're at the beach. You're on the island. Oh, you send him a DM, see if he figures it out for you. Is that classified as a dad joke, anybody? Uh, <laughs> program the buttons. <laughs> might, as well, might as well use them. <laughs> uh, you just wait. Next week, there will okay. be lots of buttons. I like it. Fan, uh, fights were pretty good, I thought, overall. Fights were yes. good. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you want to focus on title fights. Might as well. I don't even remember a lot of the other ones. <laughs> so John's belt was up for grabs. Yep. And he, I'm going to call the shocker. <clears throat> Jan Blahovich beat Dominic Reyes. <clears throat> I didn't. Yep. I had Dom win in that fight. I... I I think we both had Dom winning that fight, but I wouldn't necessarily call it shocking that Jan won. Right. Because Jan does have tremendous power. He did he proved that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would have thought Dom was the better overall fighter. Based on what we saw when yeah. he fought Jan. I he, think it's important to bring up, too, that there were zero takedowns given throughout that fight. The official right. stats have it as 0-0 zero, yeah. zero for takedowns. I mean, the so fight is a relatively short fight, too, though. Yeah. True, but you'd, you'd think at some point if... You're the one of those guys that really... I know, but you got a great striker out there. You'd think that you'd be wanting to take it down. But they're both great they're strikers. Both, they're both strikers. I know. It's just it's always surprising to see zero takedowns in a fight. Maybe that's just yeah. me, but I think when you see a... I guess it's light heavyweights. So you do expect more striking, but still, the, to see zero takedowns, yeah. I don't know. you got to remember, though, that's your strength in the middle of a fight. You don't, if you truly don't know where the fight's at... There's a good chance, unless someone in your corner says, hey, you know, go for a takedown this round or whatever, you probably feel like you're winning the fight on your feet. Not only were there zero takedowns, though, Jan only hit Dominic 41 times. What round did that end in? 
That ended in the second. Two. 436 around two. <clears throat> so almost two full rounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought Don would win the fight. He looked great against John. So I, I agree. Yeah. But he did get – he got caught. His nose was broke before nose, he got caught. His he nose could, was very broken. He yes. kept touching his nose. That thing was and flat. I might have the wrong fight. I would have picked my Polish brother. Did Jan <laughs> – was that the fight where the kick – was Jan kicking – Reyes in his left rib yes. cage, and that was like extreme, extreme welting. You could see toe prints. It looked so like, fast too. Yeah, it was like red paint. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was that red. Yeah. So, who if knows? he didn't know any better, he thought he was bleeding out of his rib cage. Correct. That's how red it was, and you could see every time he kicked him, he had like these little like yeah. white toe prints where he kept yeah. kicking. And him. it's funny because like I think a lot of times you notice when guys are throwing strikes at the lead leg, you'll start to see the guy when he's favoring that leg, you see him start to not be able to support himself as well. But yep. to take that well into the side, you know it's got to hurt more than those leg kicks. And we didn't see a huge change in his demeanor. No, But, but, but you, the way that the fight finished out from there, you have to know it had a big effect on it. Probably dropped his hands a little bit. Oh, yeah. The Cormier effect. Kick What's him that? in the ribs. the body so I can hit the face? No, that's how everyone's beat uh, DC. He's, John actually told him how I'm going to knock you out. He knew exactly, and if you go back and watch the second Stipe fight, it took Stipe three and a half rounds to figure out that's what you needed to do. And as soon as he went to the body, he hurt Cormier bad. Then ended up knocking him out. That's yeah. You, there's a subconscious like if you're getting, if you're starting to hurt in your rib cage because you're getting kicked, that right hand or whatever side it's on, it's probably dropping the block that kick. You're kind of flinching. You're kind of holding it. Yeah, it's going to open it up. I mean, that was. It was Textbook. I mean, he did do what he needed to do. Somebody saw enough film and said you need to go to the body first on him. It's funny you say seeing film because it's always fun to watch the way the guys feel each other out that first round where they're checking spacing, they're watching the way guys react to their feints. Yep. And I don't recall if it was the Costa Adesanya fight or the Reyes and Jan because I don't like butchering his last names. So we'll just refer to him as Jan. Blachowicz. Yep. Blachowicz. Blachowicz. Uh, it's always fun to watch them feel out the reactions because at one point I said, "Watch, he's going to hit him with a left and uh, left jab, and then an overhand right." And for the next three minutes, it was like he would attempt that left jab, and you'd see the right hand get ready to go for it, and he never quite pulled it off. But it's it's fun to watch the fights and say, "I think I know what's about to happen here," because the more you watch and the more you can start to feel like you're on one side or the other. And I think this this series of fights was a great example of that. I've always felt like the better the fighter, the potential that it was going to be slower and more of a chess match because both of them have done their homework. They got to that level for a reason, so both of them, you can attest to this, they get to that level where they, they do watch a ton of film on how that guy fights his tendencies. Yep. And they know that that guy is doing the same thing, so now it turns into a chess match. Yep. And, and we, we got to see a great example of that in the Adesanya fight. Yeah, we can move on to the Adesanya fight. Sorry to get us no, that you're, fast. You're, but Nope. Uh, before we get into the Adesanya fight, I think it was... Sunday morning before football, I had TV on upstairs. <clears throat> if you're going to cover sports on TV and you don't know how to pronounce somebody's name, oh my God, could yeah. you fucking ask somebody? Whoever was Sunday morning on ESPN on the desk, he reported the fight, the Adesanya fight. And I, I'm like, is this guy doing it on purpose? And it's almost like he enjoyed doing it. He said it like six times. He referred to Adesanya as a Desna. Uh, you know, you say that. 
I was watching an interview. Apparently, that is how you say his name. Dude, I, no one's ever referred to him as that. I know that's, but someone I was watching and actually it was DC and Hawaii. He that's how they. Now it wasn't exactly like that, but according was, to him, yes. So Ariel was like, let's say his name the way he said he wants it pronounced. It they said be, it very close. To it that. might be somewhere between like Adesanya. But it's the, it's not whatever the ESPN guy was no. saying. Yeah, I don't. It was. But I've always ever heard him referred to as Adesanya. Yeah, so it was, he was saying it much different than that. There's also a he, Israel. I don't Is want to he? say his last name now because <laughs> I don't want to butcher it. Adesanya was a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast, and I feel like that's a situation where he would have corrected him, and Joe might have even asked him how. A hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ariel and DC were calling, saying his name different than obviously I've heard you guys say it. I mean, I thought he looked. Yeah. Anyways, he looked great. He. This was a very one-sided ass kicking. Yeah. Quite frankly, little little confused by Costa's tactics. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he's trying to accomplish out there, standing there taunting, like trying to get. Uh, him. Yeah. So he he kept. Having his hands down, put his hands behind his back. He was kind of showboating. I, and I said to you, I go, he's gonna, he's gonna keep doing this, and he's gonna get caught and get knocked out. Oh, him. you mean like having twelve <clears throat> significant strikes against Adesanya's fifty-five significant strikes? Yes, that lopsided. Yeah, that's that is not no good. takedowns again. Just I think that's another important stat to pull out that we didn't so see takedowns in either of those. There's no that this fight surprises me even less with the takedowns because Adesanya is. Getting into that conversation of the best striker. Oh, I don't the, disagree for a second. I just I think it's yeah, yeah. interesting to right right. If anybody's going to go for a takedown, it would have been Costa. It would have been Costa, but he couldn't get close enough to Adesanya to even think about attempting it. You know, maybe he could have if he put his hands in front of his face and stopped acting like it was his fight. Yeah, yeah, he had some weird tactics. Yeah. The other thing I noticed in that fight was pre-fight. Yeah, you're on going with uh, this. Yeah, I do. Uh, Adesanya had a little titty problem on the right side. Yeah. Oh, this part. Okay. Yeah. Have they said what's going on? He claims, I saw an interview, he doesn't know what it is, that supposedly he had a scan, but most people with a little bit of knowledge would tell you it's the, the gyno effect. Gynecomastia. He asked me this when I was like yeah. five beers deep and somehow I knew it. Yeah, it was called the Not too the proud, gyno but kind of proud. A steroid side effect. There's a side effect. Of I, I read something that that's what they thought it was, but yeah, I didn't know if they truly said. You it. can't tell me he didn't notice his floppy titty. <laughs> Singular, <laughs> even, not plural, or else he kind of let it go by the wayside. Yeah, and John Jones was tweeting through both of these fights because yeah. obviously he was the light heavyweight, former light heavyweight champion, <laughs> and he and Adesanya have some some beef. So even before the fight started, John tweeted and said, "I think it was quote." What's up with Izzy right tit? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> well, when he came out and he was standing there by the cage, I said something to you guys. I'm like, uh, I noticed one... it fast too. Yeah. I'm like, something's not, something's not right there. Yeah. And that's when you said, well, John just tweeted. <laughs> yep. That's so like what's he, up with Izzy's tit? He's trying to throw Costa off. He's like, if I let this one flop, he'll be, he won't know what's coming. <laughs> Only work the left side. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm curious. And we, I mean, he had to have passed drug tests, right. but... I mean, maybe it is a medical thing. It, it's very... He is very skinny. You know, he's a very tall, long frame. He's not a big, beefy guy, so... Which makes it's it, very noticeable on him. Did you see it? 
Yeah. I, I went back and watched. This is the only one because I know we were going to talk about it a lot, but I went back and watched the fight. So he, he's become, I don't know. I watched, I watched a lot of the press conferences like late last week leading up to it. His press conference after. I don't know. I like, I like this guy. I think he's doing really great at the one thing that's the hardest part in ultimate fighting. And it's not the fight itself, it's the branding. Yes. And yep. he's found a way yeah. to set himself apart without doing what we talked about last week and just being arrogant. Yep. He's obviously got that incorporated, but the dancing, whatever it is, he's set himself apart from the crowd. Yeah. And I, I'd like to see him learn a little bit more that, than one dance move, but yeah. if that's he, what sets him apart. I mean, I said last week that the – the the beef with John Jones from over the past year, year and a half, or however long it's been, I feel, and you kind of just agreed, it's basically a marketing ploy. He's trying to get himself known, get his name out. That's there. why Connor can have any fight and, he wants. He's right. a champion of marketing. Yeah. We'll get to that too. We'll get to <laughs> yeah. that one. Um, and I think he did it in the post fight press conference. Also, somehow they got on the topic of John Jones. He brought that up again. John brought it up no. in a tweet today. <clears throat> Yeah. Basically, like, yeah. you mention my name every time you get interviewed. Now, I think with I, I think I said it last week, too. With the John Jones beef set aside, because I'm a Jones fan, I, I really like Adesanya. He is extremely confident, extremely cocky. He's also now, what, 20, 20, one, and, 0. 20 and 0. You're 20 and 0, and you're holding the belt as one of the greatest fighters currently walking the planet. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have a problem with you being confident and cocky. Right. So is he, and I probably know your guys' answer to this, is he getting close to that best pound-for-pound pound fighter? Current pound-for-pound, pound, yes, he's in that conversation. Yeah. Absolutely. I put him in that conversation now. Uh, yeah. I'm never a big fan of the pound-for-pound rankings. I don't think you can ever compare somebody – you know, with Dom Cruz, the weighs 135, how do you compare him to Stipe Miocic at heavyweight? I, right. I don't exactly like that comparison, but if, if you're going to have those talks, yes, to me, he is definitely in that list. If he if he goes out, puts on a streak here, defends his belt another three or four times in a row, he's going to be in that talk of greatest fighter yeah. we've seen, Yep. Um, quite frankly. He, he might be the best striker. In MMA currently, I would agree with that. I tried to go find a T-shirt today <coughs> of his, and I I didn't look too much, but in yeah. my opinion, with the John thing, is John joked after the light heavyweight fight and said, <coughs> "Should I just try to screw around or something? Go back and get my belt." Yeah, and they they literally took him serious on that. Yeah, and they started talking about him. John's not going back to light heavyweight no. to fight. No, he's already started to like bulk up, and he even made a reference to Adesanya and said. I'm literally at the point right now and probably tear one of your arms off your body. Right. I mean, Didn't you say he'd rip all of his limbs off? He was would, that the line? He would probably rip one of his arms off and beat him with it. John's going to be huge. Not like fat huge. Like John's going to be, yep. I think, an absolute monster heavyweight. Just because, one, because of his length. But even at 205, his strength is ridiculous. So him at, even, even some of these bigger guys, <clears throat> in my opinion, heavyweight, He's not going to – the guy at heavyweight is not going to be the guy you saw fight at 205. He's clearly taking time to make the adjustment to his body and strength. Yep. So he, he leaves me a monster, but, uh, yeah, I would agree. Honestly, he's probably – might be the best striker right now in the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I've become a big fan of his just from his press conferences, but I think one of my favorites was they asked him how it was fighting without the crowd. 
He said, I like it because there was no one yelling, grab his dick. Oh, damn. That, you ever seen that video? Yeah. Grab his dick and twist it. Twist it. He's like, oh, the dick twist. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said he actually liked it better without fans in there because you don't have people yelling stupid yeah. shit. I just love the sound of hearing a, a good blow <coughs> land. Like a body shot with a kick. I, yep. I see you chirping at me over there when I say seeing a good blow land, but <laughs> what a nice body shot. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you can definitely hear the strikes better. You can hear the, the coaches corners. screaming yep. instructions. You can hear refs giving warnings that we would only maybe hear 25% yeah. of them typically. I think as a fan sitting at home, it's almost more enjoyable without a crowd there. For all those reasons I just yes. mentioned, I think However, we heard. I, I still think, ultimately, you want the, the energy of the fans there. I think we heard a ref warning we've never heard before too last gonna... week about watch your mouth, watch your mouth <laughs> respectfully. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. two guys fist fighting. I don't know if you're aware of yeah. that. <laughs> right. These two yeah. guys are punching each other. It's pay per view, dude. Yeah. Chill yeah. out. Yeah. Let's get that ref in there with a Nate Diaz fight and <laughs> see how <laughs> see how that battle goes. Watch your mouth. Yeah, uh, the other fight that you, uh, the person you brought up. Was Mr. Conor McGregor? This news broke two days ago. We need an update soon. I don't know when we're going to get it, but what happened was, is Conor was tweeting about Dana White and exposed some DMs. I was talking about negotiations, how they fell through, and what he was told, and what everyone's been hearing. Mm-hmm. Dustin Poirier, who was one of my favorite fighters, responded to this and said, "Conor," with a question mark, and then he said. Grand slam. So then he said, Connor with a question mark. Connor responded to this with a chain of tweets. Do you have those? I don't know if I do. I uh, sent them to you. So basically, he responded uh, and said, Do you want to do a fight? This is to Dustin. Do you want to do a fight in December, basically for charity? Because Poirier has a huge foundation. Well, I'm saying huge, but he has a foundation he takes care of after every fight and stuff. It's called the Good Fight Foundation. We'll do the fight for charity. I'll give a half million dollars to your charity. I have some charities of my own. We'll sell them pay-per-view. We'll promote it. And basically, <coughs> the two of them going to charity, they would make a boatload of money. That's sweet. Yep. Yeah. And, and it is. I mean, it really is. I mean, I've always said I'd love to see that fight happen now compared to when they fought the first time. Dustin was yeah. a little younger, a little more experienced. I think he's a better fighter now. Do you have those tweets? Yes. Yeah, so this is the picture you sent me. So just two tweets. This is Conor McGregor talking to Dustin Poirier. It's a little long, but hey, bro. You want to do an MMA charity fight? Zero to do with the UFC. I will donate half a mil towards your charity for it. Sell it on pay-per-view or work out a TV deal, and we work out other charities that are close to my heart also. I'm engaged in many. Strictly a charity exhibition. And McGregor's already got details. He's saying December 12th in Point Depot, Ireland. Yep. No weigh-ins. Open weight. Unified rules. He's told Dustin, I'll arrange all travel fare for you and your family. McGregor Sports and Entertainment MMA in association with the Good Fight Foundation. Charity Mixed Martial Arts. Nothing negative to say about that. No, it's it, to me it's awesome. It, that's I mean, didn't expect that out of Conor for sure. Yep. Uh, Conor McGregor is a roller coaster to try to be a, <laughs> to try to be a fan of. You don't know which one you're going to get. <laughs> he obviously he was top of the fighting world as the the champ champ. Um and then he like walked away. He went to boxing. Then he went into a hole and didn't do any fighting for like two years. Now he's kind of tickled still, at boxing again. Yeah, still runs his mouth. 
I was a lot of talking without fighting. Mm-hmm. You got to that point where, yeah, I, I would say you need to at some point shut your mouth and get back into a fight. He or does you're sell some irrelevant. really mediocre at best whiskey if you're ever yeah. interested. Never tried it. The whole <laughs> It's not that great. <laughs> the whole Dana White situation, tweeting out his conversations between he and Dana, to me that's – you don't do that. No, you don't. No. Um, that's Still don't know why he was calling out Diego Sanchez either. Correct. Right. And Dana had a good point on that. He said this guy's – a 40-something-year-old who's basically irrelevant at this point, but yet you want me to make you and Diego Sanchez a main event of, some, of in L.A. Right. That that made no sense. None, not at I mean, all. Diego Sanchez. And Dan, Dana's not going to take that shit. He's not going to no. take – you. if you tell me where you want to fight, I'm going to put you there. But if, he has done that with Connor in the past because right, but not Connor any, makes him a shitload right, of money. Yeah, but not anymore. He's not going to. If, if I were having – text conversations with any of you guys and you guys blasted all over social media, I would be furious about that. Uh, you, yeah. you just don't do that. So I, I don't I don't blame Dana for being upset about that. No, I didn't watch all of the interview, but Dana White did do an interview with Barstool today with Robbie Fox. And apparently in the interview, he did mention that a fight has now, I don't know if this the whole McGregor conversation with Poirier on Twitter triggered this, mm-hmm. But apparently a fight has been offered to both fighters to fight in the UFC now. So there's some – this is why we need we need answers. I'm yep. assuming we'll hear something soon. But Poirier tweeted today, <coughs> I accept. And that's all it said. Like so we that. don't know which fight he accepted, the Ireland so, one or the UFC yeah. fight. I would say Dana White has a reputation of uh, tipping – very well. There's many stories of him like going out to a restaurant and like he'll have a good waitress and he'll tip her like fifty thousand dollars. He'll like he like gives his money away a lot of. I mean, he's obviously got enough to give away. Pays an HOA fee too. So yeah. <laughs> and I guess why I'm saying that is if these guys want to have a fight where there's charities that are profiting off of, I don't think Dana White would have any issue with that. I don't either. They would. It would probably be a lot easier on those guys if they were able to just hand over the logistics to the UFC, a, an organization that does this all the time, organize fights. These guys show up, and they basically just have a contract that says, hey, we're taking this much money, and this pile of money is going to these couple of charities. So I don't. I, in my opinion, they could work with the UFC and still make this work. And Khabib did that for Dustin when they fought. Yeah. He... Yes. They switched shirts. He auctioned it off. Yes. Because Poirier auctions off his fight kit. Yep. And he gave Poirier hundred grand for his charity. Yeah. So I could see Dana White. Yeah. I don't I think if Dana's pissed about anything, it's the fact that it was how Connor went about it. Yeah. Like on Twitter, like, hey, fuck the UFC. Do you want to come do this? Correct. Type of thing. And he has been lobbying. And I and I and I kind of get Connor's frustration here, because I think it is a frustration at this point. He wants to have a UFC card in Ireland, and I don't blame him for that. Right. Yeah. You were the company's biggest star for a few years. You brought in a lot of money. I don't. I don't see anything wrong with them doing a card in Ireland. I think that's a great idea, actually. But and I believe, maybe we have to look this up. Even though McGregor retired, he still, I believe, has a fight on his UFC contract that he retired from. And Poirier yeah. might even be two. Right. So I guess what I'm getting at is I don't believe they can legally go fight somewhere else in any fashion without the UFC's permission. It's probably definitely because they're under contract there. with yeah. them. So even if they wanted to go do this non or this yeah non weigh in whatever fight for charity, I don't know that they can legally do that. 
Unless that's the loophole of charity. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But anyway, enough of that. What do you got over there? Uh, It said that he signed for an eight-fight contract in 2018, and I don't think we've seen them all. McGregor? McGregor, yeah. Eight fights? There's no There's no way way he's had eight fights then. Exactly. He's got to have leftovers. Has he fought maybe once in that time? Maybe twice. Yeah. Fuck Cowboy. Yep. And that might have been a fresh contract to fight for for Khabib. Khabib. Oh. Did he, did he fight Nate after Khabib? Uh, no, I, think I don't even remember. Check it out, Stat Boy. But anyway, we'll, while you're doing that, we'll move on. Again, he fights so frequently. I don't remember. Yeah, this. I know. Uh, baseball playoff started. The best analogy I've heard of this so far is A-Rod said it's similar to March Madness. Eight games yeah. from noon till night based on the East Coast. Uh I sat last night and watched the entire Yankee game. I watched the entire Braves game today because that came out at noon. Um, I mean, sure, it's playoff baseball. I just, I don't know. It just doesn't have the energy. Dude, sign, sign me up for this every year. I just, I don't know. Eight, eight teams, 16 total. Oh, okay. I would, like, I would take that. I thought you were saying sign you up for this bubble, no, ener- no fan, no, no energy no, no. stuff. This playoff format, you know, best of three first, no days off. I, th- I think that plays a huge part in it. Um, that to- part I'm great with. Tomorrow we have at least five games, potentially six, if Indians beat the Yankees tonight. Score. Five four Yankees. Okay. It's only like the fifth, fourth inning. I don't know. So, but, sorry to cut you off there, but we saw Khabib, Khabib and Connor in 2018, and then we saw Connor January 18th of 2020. That that's all we've seen. Is that cow- the that was cowboy, cowboy fight? That was Cerrone. Yeah. Cerrone. Yeah. So if he did, and I doubt, I don't, I can't see him sign eight fights. Eight fights would have been fresh contract going into Khabib. But anyway, that was in 2018, so that would have been Khabib. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to baseball. Uh, I agree. I love the expanded. I love more teams. I love the. My, my biggest gripe has always been with baseball playoffs was the one game playing that should have been a series of three. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, great examples. Your Braves got smoked in one game last year because they gave up ten runs in the first inning, right. and then that was it. Their season's done uh, in one day. No, that was the fifth game in the series. <laughs> Didn't they that lose was, the wild card game? Give up no, ten runs? No, they they won their division. That was they they were that was a best of five. That was game five. Okay. Either way, I mean, I just I would prefer a best at least a best of three. So I do like the format. I just find it hard to get into without the energy. Man. I, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if fans would make a difference. I, I don't know how they – I don't know how – I feel like baseball players don't feed off the energy as much as, you know, a hockey or a basketball, something like that. I feel like there's a lot more energy built off a crowd than in baseball. Mm. I, I, I have a tough time agreeing <clears throat> that the fans don't make a difference. Well, I, I think they do, but they're not, I don't think they make as big of an impact no. because it's a little – Okay. Slower, you know, it's pitch by pitch instead of a clock running. I guess. I just feel like it's it's not the same. It doesn't feel like playoff baseball. I know it's playoff baseball. It doesn't feel like playoff baseball, and that's that's what sucks. But it is what it is. We're getting it in. But yeah, I love it. There's a I, lot of games, dude. How about the Minnesota Twins? I so that I I filled out a bracket. I was before this. That does not surprise me at all. I don't know. I know Houston's not been good, and everybody wants to see him lose. But I think I saw some stats say the Twins have lost like seventeen straight, eighteen straight, straight playoff, playoff games. It's nuts. Like that's crazy. 
That's which, what I'm talking about. Which, like, I, how would you, which like, I was trying to find that hard to believe because didn't they didn't they beat the Yankees like five years ago or something? I, I don't know. They had but a series because I thought they beat them, but eighteen. When you think about it, though, eighteen games is not a ton of games. It sounds like a ton of games, but it's not. But eighteen straight is. You go three years in a row and get swept in the playoffs. There's twelve right there. Yeah. Well, no, because they would only been five. Because the first round they would have played is only five. So. I know they got swept by the Yankees. I think last year. So it. Yeah, I don't know. It's. But yeah, that seemed like a. And I saw that stat that they obviously don't win the playoffs very often. But. So that doesn't surprise me as much, and obviously experience I think takes over. Yeah. Uh, we've already seen two two teams advance. With Houston and Tampa, swept the Blue Jays. By the way, hit the over today in three innings, four innings. So, <laughs> for which game Tampa, was that? Tampa Blue oh, Jays. Nice. Yeah, that was an easy but, one. It's nice when those latter innings are not stressful. They had the so I did you hit the under in the Braves game? No. <laughs> uh, so I had, I went and put the bet in at said location, and by the time I got home, fifteen minutes later. It was seven nothing. <laughs> Walked in the house, the game was on TV. I'm like, "This is sweet, seven nothing." It was a quick, quick like one. I'm like, "I just need, that's why I text you." I'm like, yeah, "I need one nice. run." Yeah, um, unlike the uh, Chiefs over under, <laughs> sweating that out. Oh, we'll get into that. I do have something to get into that. But I was watching. Uh, saw a headline today after the after Minnesota lost. I said, Carlos Correa wants the haters to suck it after they beat the worst team in playoff history. <laughs> <laughs> or you, hear, you missed the stat. The Twins have lost 18 straight playoff games. I, I heard that one. That's uh, gut-wrenching for them. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a lot. Dude, your Braves got a grind going on. Ooh, dude, well, that's a third of the 2020 season. <laughs> Dude, they dodged they, more bullets today than the damn Matrix. Dude, they, like I said, I, I had a migraine, so I was, like, in and out of the game the whole day. But they, so they haven't won a playoff series since, oh, two, I don't know. It's been a long time since they won a playoff series. So, and to face, I might say, since I might have the best one, two, three punch pitching-wise in the playoffs, in all of baseball. Depending on which Sonny Gray shows up. Right. Because Bauer's obviously very electric, Castillo's very good, and Gray can be outstanding. So one, two, three punch. They might have the best rotation. And I had a feeling today was going to be very low scoring. It was going to be who could get to that starting pitcher first, and neither team got to either starting pitcher. They combined for fourteen and two thirds innings and no runs today between the two of them. Yeah, it was. You said you slept through most of it. Yeah, I was in and out the whole day. But I watched the first eleven innings. And I can tell you that Atlanta dodged some serious bullets out they, there. I think I think I read they had, the Reds had five or six times with a runner on third and less than two outs, and didn't score. Yeah, it was. They I know they had base loaded with one out in the twelfth, maybe, maybe the thirteenth, thirteenth. I think I mean, they had bases loaded with two outs in the eleventh. <laughs> I mean, third with no outs in the twelfth. I think it the was. Braves got the extra inning, scoring two runs in nine innings or two hits in nine innings. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I mean. They dodged so many bullets of like the Reds got in position and then just screw it up. And I'm like, man, you guys are just, I don't know. I'll tell you who's really good at calling a baseball game is A-Rod. No, like I, I've said that before. but So I've I've listened to a lot of A-Rod interviews in the past month. I really enjoy listening to him. He's, dude, that guy, He's got a lot of knowledge 
obviously of baseball of everything. He's I I love listening to him. I heard yeah. t- at least ten times today, and he's like, "Here, he comes a breaking ball." So there it goes. So he says that. He knows about, I think I think they're looking at signs. So I think he knows. I don't know. I think he knows from the sign what's coming. But he didn't play for the Astros, did he? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but when a guy puts a certain finger down, it's kind of obvious. He's very good at understanding he's, baseball. He was talking even like little stuff today. Uh, he, guy from the Reds on second base. He's like he's not like, taking a big enough secondary he's lead. Like, he's like that's terrible. He's terrible. It's <laughs> almost like watching or listening to Tony Tony Romo. Yeah, he's football. Very like, smart. These guys are very smart. They know the small details of the game, and it shows when they're announcing. Like Atlanta got out of an inning in that rundown. Yes. <laughs> well, the guy screwed that up, too. <laughs> what you got, Stab Boy? You're laughing at me. I was going to say you mean a lot like Joe Buck and how he can really oh, read Jesus. all the sports. <laughs> uh, I mean, wah, Cincinnati wah. botched that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, did, I still don't know what they were doing in that play, but whatever. <laughs> well, the guy it started with, the guy was, I think he was attempting to steal second. Yeah, he was a super like late a, jump. Like a, well, I think it was, a tech, I think he was trying to late steal, but well, was, someone they didn't did a terrible them. job of it. Someone didn't communicate them because the guy on third, did not do anything right. until long after he should have, and then it resulted in a shitty rundown that he botched. But yeah, I don't know. It's fun to watch, I guess. I just be a whole lot better with a lot of buzzing going on in the background with yeah. the fans. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that. I, yeah, the Braves Reds game would have much been much different with fans with it zero zero. That they, I think they set a baseball playoff record longest game with no runs scored. Yeah, they set that in the eleventh, I think. The record, so I don't mind a decent pitching battle, but this sounded like a horrible snooze fest. It was, it was a very good pitching battle for the first seven, eight innings, and then it kind of turned into some it's bad some, mistakes by the Reds. Well, it turned into just poor hitting by both teams in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They At some they, point you got to. I mean, they broke the record. I think it was like thirty-nine strikeouts combined. Atlanta had twenty-one strikeouts today. It was. Yeah. It was, it was thirty-nine terrible. or forty strikeouts total. At some point, it turns into really shitty hitting, and yeah, I saw some guys swinging some garbage like way out of the zone. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. and that's a, right. That's it's hard part. It's like was it just terrible hitting? Was pitching really good? I you know you don't know if, but it. I thought I thought they it was a good game, but I'm yeah I'm looking forward to these. This baseball series, I guess. Um, you guys want to move on to, stars. I've got one if I can lead sure. off. Ooh. Ooh. Normally just comes in with a dud. But and sure. it's not even an athlete. Okay. In fact, it's the king of the shark tank, Mr. Mark Cuban, gets my star of the week. I know where this is going. He, Carry he, on. He might call himself an athlete. You know, <laughs> that's a gray area at best. Uh, he went out of his way, even though he runs over 100 companies, <laughs> or at least has part stake in them. He went out of his way to go in his own personal car and pick up a homeless Delonte West who played for the Mavs from 2011 to 2012 Yep, from a gas station. And then when he got into his car, he told him, we're going to a hotel room. He got him a hotel and said, basically, look, you're not going to leave until we've got your life figured out. So here they're talking to the family about rehab. This So Delonte West thing's been ongoing for a while. There was a video that surfaced few months ago him like alongside the road homeless with a sign got his someone like kicked his ass like but mark cuban decided that he didn't want to leave that burden on the family so he's paying for the rehab on his own and i think that that's enough for a little bit of 
that's star of the week kind of material, if you ask me. Jesus. Yeah, was, that, no, that's a good one. That's cool. I hope it pans out for him. You guys want to share over there? No, no, no. Secrets, secrets are no fun unless you tell everyone. Well, we'll tell you afterwards what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about. I think you'll know. Um, I'll go ahead and throw a star out there. I'm going to go with Garrett Cole, 11 strikeout or 13 strikeouts, 17 pitch last night. Kind of earned his money. Signed that big contract. That's what we got to do in the playoffs. He looked good last night. So Garrett Cole, a third star. Um, I will keep the pitching theme. We just talked about the Braves Reds game. Trevor Bauer, he actually set the Reds postseason record for strikeouts in a game today. So he pitched seven and two thirds innings, gave up the two hits that you mentioned. He had twelve strikeouts and no walks. And he did this under some tough circumstances. He had uh, made some Twitter comment, made a Twitter comment. And he was called out by one Adam Konopsky. <laughs> you scared? Hashtag Braves. Uh, he was not scared. He set the postseason strikeout record for the Reds. But he didn't win. So. <laughs> yep. he, he was mad because the Cardinals didn't finish out so, their 60 games. It's which a valid is a point. very valid point, and I think it's stupid that the Cardinals weren't required to play. Agreed, but at the very beginning of the season, they said if it doesn't have getting into the playoff implications, they weren't going to finish them out because they, they didn't want to extend it out. So that was said before the season even started. This is starting to sound just a lot like getting, Korean baseball just playoffs. Just getting into getting the so, so if the Cardinals would have lost both those extra two games, they still would have been in the playoffs. Right. So they said it but had the, to be... I strongly disagree with them making that decision. I, I do too, but that was stated well bef- before the season started, so that was the rules going into it. And they try. I think the Cardinals played five doubleheaders last week, so it wasn't like they tried to. Well, of course they didn't try to play well, those games. Well, I know, but yeah, so I don't know. I just think it's, in general, I think it's stupid to play a season and then have your playoff matchups not be accurate because you didn't have one team play two games. Yeah, but if they Cardinals win one of those two, they're if, in the same spot. If. Right. If. But that's why you play the games. Yeah. If the so, dog wouldn't stop taking shit, he would have caught the rabbit. That's right. Yep. <laughs> Anywho. Um, so, well, for, so my third star is Freddie Freeman today. Game winning base hit in the bottom of the 13th. I didn't have a third star until he, 5 o'clock today. He is a brave for anyone that doesn't know him. <laughs> Um, but also a shout out to, there are three pitchers who started game one for their teams today and yesterday. They were high school teammates, which is crazy. Max Freed, Jack Flaherty, and Lucas Giolito were all high school teammates, which is a crazy. That must have been a pretty decent <laughs> high school team. Crazy. Right. So A-Rod was talking about it today during the game. He said he went down there and actually trained with the three of them. And that high school he said is like one of the top high schools in the country and they're just outside LA but he said they're always you know top two three in the state it's but yeah that, those three on the same team just seems not to get too crazy. far into the weeds but I, that reminds me of something that you'd always hear listening to Detroit sports radio and that's He's going to Stafford here Stafford and Clayton Kershaw growing up together played baseball and football together and were corresponding yeah. with each other one being the catcher and one being the receiver <laughs> Yeah. Still talking about baseball? <laughs> we are. I, no. We're still talking about, yeah, I mean. Talking about the catcher-receiver <laughs> reference there. <I'm> just, <laughs> uh, 
Good boy. You would have thought Daddy would have got the reference there. I just thought it was worth noting. I mean, that you see well, these I, I didn't pods. know it because I heard it 85 times. <laughs> now you heard it 86. <laughs> you know how you shoot 86, right? <laughs> yeah, you missed over. the putt for 85. <laughs> uh, my second star of the week is Patrick, not Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, 385 <laughs> yards, four throwing touchdowns, one rushing. On Monday Night Football, it was the first time two MVPs, 25 years old or younger, played each other. And he clearly was trying to make a statement out there because he was still throwing the ball when they were up a lot. And Go ahead. I have one more star and a dud, but I'll do that next round. Go ahead. One more star and a dud. I am going to shock the podcast right now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to shock Kyle Crane probably. I don't know. It's kind of hard at this point. My second star is LeBron James. What in the? So the Lakers advanced to the play, uh, the finals, the NBA finals. This is LeBron's tenth appearance in the NBA finals. Currently with a monster lead. He has been in the finals nine of the last ten years, and trying to remain unbiased. That is a rather impressive number. Nine of the last ten finals. Yep. I believe he's been in the finals more than he, 27 of the teams combined, right, or something to that extent. More than, yeah, it was like 20-something franchises. He's yeah. been there more than them. Um, I will say that he's only won three of those nine, though. But <laughs> you know what's going I'll give a little credit to LeBron James. All right. My second star is Victor Adman, who we already talked about, um, winning the Smythe in Tampa Bay, I guess. Overall. Yep. All right, so my first star is technically not going to be a star yet because we don't know which team. Dion Waiters will receive a ring either way. If he is eligible for a ring either way, and most teams usually most honor that. No. So he currently plays for Miami, but he started the year. plays for L.A. Or does he play for L.A.? Yeah. Okay, so he started the year in Miami. Now he plays for L.A. He played enough games in Miami to be eligible for a ring as well. Didn't we have this so, situation a few years so ago? There was a debate about that because he actually only played like five games or something with them this year. But because it ended so badly between him and the Heat, the people are wondering if the Heat will actually give him a ring or not. Because it, it, hasn't, it hasn't been a good like past two years between him and the franchise. Hmm. So they're curious if, you know, if it happens, yeah. if they'll truly give him a ring. Most teams do, but... Either way, I like that star. I, I like that stat. I got ten bucks if that I, says he won't. So if I am, if I am in his shoes, let let's say I'm in that scenario and things were fine bet- between me and the old franchise. If I lose on my current team, I don't want a ring from my former team yeah, for I, losing to them. I, I don't think I would want that ring. Because you weren't there when you actually yeah. won it. If you're on the Lakers, right? You used to be on the Heat, and the Heat beat you. Do you want? I'm I'm looking at you, Taylor. You're kind of you're looking inquisitive. He's do a you, Lions fan. Do you want that ring? A ring is a ring, man. I don't care what a logo ring for, stamped on it. You could sell it, like we talked about before. That that is one I would 100 percent sell and just have the cash. Especially with the news story around it, that ring's probably worth even more if he gets it. That's. That's a decent point there. 
I don't. I just don't think I would want that ring. Will he ever have another? I mean, you never know, but will he have another opportunity at one? Don't you think he wants that for losing? Do you want it for losing though? Yeah, you're right. Technically, you're, that's what you're getting it for. I just don't. I just don't want that. That's ring. the one you sell. Yeah. Yes. That's the one you sell. I mean, if all if the rest of the team do they inscribe like congratulations on it? Like, what do they put on his? Like, <laughs> hey, sorry about this, bud. Yeah. There you go. Can't believe they traded you. Lol. <coughs> so he played. Well soon. He played three games for the Heat this year. That's it. Then how's that make him eligible? I thought you had to play a certain number. Of I games. think. Yeah. I don't know what the rules are. Like, I know baseball. I think you just have to be on the roster. So I don't know what the rules are. But yeah, he played three games with the Heat. Jesus. And he played fourteen minutes. <sighs> Isn't the NFL you have to be on the no, roster thanks. up until a certain point? Yeah, I think so. There, yeah, there's like week every, six or seven or something. Yeah, I like that. think every league is yeah. like a different rule for what qualifies. But yeah, the Heat are allowed to give him one if he wants one. Three games or if is they not want to. Yeah. Yeah, I would it, sell the hell out of that. And oh, he yeah. played ten games. Uh no, sorry. Yeah, ten games last year for them. So he's played thirteen career games for the Heat. No thanks. Nope. Selling that ring. My first star. Uh, Joe Pavelski plays for the Dallas Stars, so they just lost the Stanley Cup. Uh, game five, he scored a goal that put him in first place all-time playoff goals for American-born players. Um, Mike Madonna has 58. Many people, up until Patrick Kane, would regard Mike Madonna as the greatest American player ever. Uh, Joey Mullen had 60, and Joe Pavelski's goal put him at 61. So nice. all-time leading playoff scorer. U.S. born players. Nice. Good start. I am going with the last style bender, Izzy, for the clinic he put on Saturday. Because I didn't watch it live, but I did rewatch the yeah. fight. So I like it. Thorough ass kicking. So I have a dud before we go off off air. <laughs> Do you want your dud first? You want no, take, it away. take was, it away. Was it, was he one of the first stars last week? <laughs> Uh, he might have been a star for a uh, certain Russ. I'm pretty sure he's on a Russ's shit list right now. Harrison Buckner, he missed an extra point of field goal. Some people had 54.5 in the over, and it missed by half a point. Yeah, I think he was the star for making three in a row last week. Wasn't that what it From was? From like 58 yards. <laughs> yeah. He's money. I pumped his tires. <laughs> he let me down. We'll talk numbers when we're done recording. Yeah. He let me down. Was that where you had to go? That was just yeah. it? You had to spit that one out? By the way, week four or, picks will be out Friday, 3starrecruits.com. Go ahead. Hit us with the dud. All right. Dud of the week. The NFL refs as a whole, not just from one game, not just from one situation, but as a whole, have seemed to let us down. How many weeks do we have to have the outcome of games decided by bad flags being thrown? The Bills had a couple questionable calls. The biggest one, I mean, we've touched on it. It's a dead horse at this point. The interception call that really wasn't an interception. I don't care which side of the, the fence you're on. It's not an interception. You're a Lions fan, so yeah. Yeah, about that. <laughs> As did the Chargers game, though. We saw Darius Williams getting called for pass interference where no one saw any. But how you said just now about me being a, a Lions fan. I I don't know if I really want to put that. Burden on your shoulder? Yeah, that, that's I don't, a good I, I don't blame you. But it's a good segue to say that how many games do we have to see where the, the refs come down? It doesn't matter how many yards you throw for. It doesn't matter how many turnovers you get. The refs, the refs somehow seem to play the biggest role in the outcome of the game. Right. Or the over-under. Or, or the over-under. Yeah, they've cost a lot of people a lot of money on shit calls. 
So there's Dot a, of the week. There's a rumor that, and maybe this happened in the Bills game, where there was some debate on whether or not, I think it was week one, that a kick went over the upright. Yeah. And there was some debate this week that the same thing happened with Buckner. On, on Buckner's. Because from his angle, he said, I mean, normally if a kicker misses it, he knows he misses it. <clears throat> there's an image of him and the holder, like, standing there with their arms yes. up. That that kick was early, and I think that was a first quarter kick. And yeah. So therefore, people didn't really think too much about no, it. No, they didn't. When, but when they showed the replay, I was watching the game. I thought the same thing. It was pretty much over the upright, much like was it Bass? Yeah. Yeah. His kick in the uh, Bills game week one, where it's like I was watching that. I'm thinking, man, that looks like it's good to me, but it was close. Yeah. But again, it's a black and white. You can't review it. Yeah, so do you think? Do you think they'll? It'd be. I don't know where they'll put cameras. Do you think? That's what it's been ask. twice this year, or twice this year already uh, in three weeks. Do you think they'll we try know to of. figure something out? Yeah, does, do they right. put something in place where they... Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, it should be, they should look at it, and I think it's a simple fix of just putting cameras on the top of the goalposts pointing straight right. up. The lasers for garage door openers. You ever try? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The infrared? <laughs> I, yeah. I think, you know, between cameras or, I mean, you joke about that, or some sort of a system like that, I think it's a, I think it's worth it's a relatively into. easy fix. It costs Ross money. Cost me money. Yeah. I did pretty good. Yeah, we'll talk off air. I should have done really good. All right, gentlemen, anything else? Who's your first star? I already said it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you did. Yeah. I forgot it already. <laughs> but Deion, you... Deion Waiters. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. that was your second. Sorry. No. All right, gentlemen, Till next week.